Greetings, my name is Nina Rose and welcome to the Nilla Rose Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing race relations and the hypersexualization of Black women in the U.S. Black women have been sexualized since they were brought onto American soil. And if we have learned anything this past tumultuous summer, it's that racism is still very much alive and affecting race relations in the country. How does this manifest in affecting the daily lives and safety of Black women? Why are they always portrayed as loud and promiscuous in the media? What are the implications of this on their mental health? Stick with us as we aim to answer these questions and more. To start our interviews off, we have Dr. Morgan Gerald. Dr. Gerald is the Assistant Professor of Psychology at Malacaster College. She specializes in research investigating the sociocultural factors that influence young Black women's gender beliefs, health, and well-being. Her articles she's been a contributing writer on have been featured in the Journal of Black Psychology, Journal of Sex, Psychology Women Quarterly, and the Journal of Counseling Psychology. Her current work examines the negative sexual stereotypes perpetuated by the continued sexualization of Black women and the effects on their sexual attitudes and behaviors. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Gerald. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, it's such a great opportunity to have you on the show today, so thank you so much. So your first question is, do the negative sexual stereotypes you have previously written about affect race relations and how Black women are treated in the U.S.? Yeah, so I think a lot about negative racialized gendered stereotypes in my work. And right now, I'm specifically interested in negative sexual stereotypes of Black women. Um, So one script that's really common and predominant in American culture is the Jezebel stereotype of Black women. So this describes women as hypersexual and seductive and promiscuous, um, manipulative. So like really using their sexuality as a means to gain money or other goods. Um, And so, yeah, I would say that it affects race relations for Black women in the U.S. quite a bit um, in terms of their mental health, their relationships, how they're perceived by others, and also ways that Black women might or steps they might take to try to avoid being seen in in line with the stereotype. Interesting, okay. So how do you feel like, just to like divulge a little bit more, so what would be a situation where like uh, a black woman comes up against like being portrayed as the Jezebel stereotype? What would that look like in like daily life or? Um, I think the most common examples that come to mind are probably in the media so often when Black women are included in movies or television shows, they're included in a sexualized way. Um, But even when Black women aren't uh, sexualized, like explicitly, they're just perceived that way. So for example, there's evidence and research that Black women who are really successful in competitive fields are perceived to be successful because they've slept their way up to the top or like they've done sexual favors for their boss. And so even then, a lot of their uh, success might be attributed to their sexuality instead of their their hard work or intelligence. Wow, I had no idea about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, and that kind of tying to this next question too. What examples have you found that describe Black women's daily experiences involving race relations? So you kind of covered that, but can you think of any like other situations with that? Yeah, I mean, so there have been a lot of not a lot, but um, quite a bit of experimental studies that show that Black women are more likely to be sexually objectified than white women. So, for example, um, in experiments that vary the race of different uh, hypothetical targets, um, Black women are perceived as having more sexual partners and 
as less likely to use birth control in comparison to white women in these kind of hypothetical situations. Um, there's another quite well-known study that shows that a, a, a student who's pregnant in a class um, is asking for help on an assignment in this hypothetical situation. And in some of the situations, participants read vignettes where the student was white and in others, the student was black. And um, they're going to their, their professor, I think ostensibly like asking for an extension on a paper. And so when people read these hypothetical stories, they're more likely to um, attribute or think of the black woman's sexual history as more promiscuous and also um, more likely to not suggest that the professor help her or give her an extension on the paper. And this is in comparison to the white woman. And the only physical marker there being that she's pregnant. And so, um, yeah, I think people are kind of daily making a lot of unfounded assumptions about black women that affect like the, how successful they can be in school and in work and in a lot of other contexts. Wow, wow. That's very frustrating. That's, yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm glad that you highlighted that and gave us examples of that. Cause even I'm like, wow, I didn't like, that makes high school hard. That makes college hard. Yeah, that's, right. That's insane. Yeah. Um, based on your studies, do black women who accept the negative sexual stereotypes tend to allow or reject negative race relations they experience? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. So um, I actually find in my research that black women tend not to accept these negative stereotypes at a very high rate, um, which makes sense. Like they're extremely negative. And so when we ask black women to what extent do you accept or endorse these stereotypes, they tend to not endorse them much. But when they do, we do know that there are really profound implications for their mental health and their physical health and their interpersonal relationships. So um, black women that internalize these stereotypes are more likely to like see their self-esteem or their worth in terms of their sexuality, which can have a lot of negative outcomes. Um, we also know that uh, black girls that endorse this stereotype are more likely to participate in risky sexual behavior. So for example, like having unprotected sex. And that's even when the stereotype is presented in a positive light. So there's one study that has looked at what happens when we present this stereotype, not as negatively, but as like, you know, something that might be desirable, that someone's very hypersexual and that might be like a desirable trait for a potential partner. So even when it's um, presented in a complimentary way, it's still linked to these really um, negative uh, risky sexual behaviors. Um, and we also know that um, when the stereotype is endorsed by black men specifically, that they're more likely to um, endorse increased justification of violence against women and also more intimate partner violence. And so, yeah, I find that people don't tend to endorse them, but when they do, the, the outcomes are pretty negative. Right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting right there, especially I think that's something good to talk about in terms of like, you know, uh, black women and girls that are growing up and how they accept these stereotypes and what outcome that has. Yeah, totally. And maybe that's something that, you know, everyone can learn from. Yeah, yeah. How are black women treated differently compared to other races when reporting sexual assault or domestic violence? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for me, this is probably the most significant implication of the Jezebel stereotype in American culture. So like notions of black women as hypersexual definitely places them at much greater risk for sexual harassment and for sexual assault. Um, so uh, for example, black female victims of sexual assault who do endorse or internalize the stereotype are much more likely to blame themselves for the assault or the harassment. Um, and we also know similarly with other experiments that have again, kind of varied the, the race of a target and a hypothetical uh, story or vignette that um, when a victim is portrayed as a black woman, um, people are more likely to rate a sexual assault as being acceptable. Um, and they're also more likely to uh, blame the perpetrator less um, when the perpetrator is white and when the victim is black. That's horrible. Yeah, and so, I mean, what I find that really interesting is like the Jezebel stereotype originated as a way to, um, to uh, justify the uh, pervasive sexual assault of enslaved black women. Um, and so, so many racialized and gendered stereotypes are rooted in US slavery, but still have really profound implications for black women today. So I think even if we think historically that was the root it still continues today and we can see in so many examples. Um, yeah. Right, it's, it's insidious and it's yeah. still, still happening today, which is, wow. Yeah. Um, what can people and allies do to stop the sexualization of black women in America and improve race relations? Um, yeah, I think that's a really great question. I think that there are a lot of kind of a range of actions that people can take from like smaller individual level actions to larger, more structural ones. Um, I think actually that social media can be a really powerful tool to raise awareness about these issues. And it seems to be kind of a starting point for a lot of people for learning about race and gender issues. And so I always encourage people to bring awareness of, sexual, of the sexualization of black girls and women uh, to their social media audience. Um, and when we think kind of like on a broader, in a broader way, um, the media are most responsible for perpetuating these sexualized images of Black women. And so um, I would urge people to petition or report media outlets that perpetuate hypersexualized imagery. Um, and I'd also argue that we just need to diversify the imagery in general. So um, I would argue that there's not as much of a problem that there are images that are of black women as sexualized on TV shows and on the internet. I think the problem really lies in the fact that those are often the only images that people see of black women. And so um, just as white women get to be portrayed across a number of different contexts, um, I think black women deserve that same treatment within the media. Um, Absolutely. And so, you know, um, I think one way we might do this is by um, having more black women creative. So more directors and producers that are creating their own images of black women um, to try to uh, make sure that there are more diverse images. Um, I also think a lot of times when we think about the sexualization of black women in the media, we think 
about maybe musical artists that present themselves in a sexualized way. And I think that that might take on a different meaning than someone else presenting them in that way. So when I think of uh, Megan Thee Stallion, for example, or Beyonce or Nicki Minaj, I think all of them are examples of black women that really do use their sexuality as a form of empowerment. And they're creating those images of themselves. They're not being shaped by others. And so I think that could be another kind of alternative way for us to see uh, black women's sexuality presented in the media. And then last, I guess I would recommend looking into organizations that are already trying to combat um, images of women as sexualized in the media. So for example, one really great organization is the Gina Davis Institute on Media and Gender. Um, so they're a research-based organization in California and they try to engage and educate and work with uh, producers to try to improve race and gender representation in film and to um, kind of cease these stereotypical images of girls and women in general and then thinking specifically about women of color. Um, and I think all of these things, all of these suggestions can work together at different levels to help us create more diversity um, of characters and entertainment um, across the media landscape. Absolutely. Those are all really good points. I love what you said about like using social media as like a tool. It's like, you know, bring more awareness to what is happening and then reporting. That's something I've never thought of that I didn't think that was a possibility. But now that you say it, that's that's incredible. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think people should feel more empowered to try to shape the media that they want to see. Um, yeah. We often think of like, the media is just reflecting on our cultural values or ideals. And I think people don't realize that they also have the power to shape those images. And so, yeah, I would love for more people to feel that way. Yeah, no, that's incredibly powerful. That's like, it's a really good quote right there. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you have anything else you would like to share with our viewers today? Um, yeah. So. I think a lot of people, when they think about stereotypes, um, might think about them in terms of, well, what happens when someone endorses or internalizes a stereotype? Um, in my work, I also like to highlight what happens when people try to disconfirm or like distance themselves from stereotypes. So when a stereotype is really negative, often people don't wanna be associated with it at all. Um, and so that's often a common reaction for Black women in relation to negative sexual stereotypes. And so I also just like to highlight that that also has a really detrimental influence for Black women. So the energy and work that they're putting in daily to present themselves in a way or to behave in a certain way that might disconfirm negative stereotypes about their sexuality is taking away valuable energy that they could be you know, using to spend quality time with their family and friends, to be doing their work, to be doing their classwork. Um, and so it's just another reason why we need to try to disband this kind of stereotypical thinking about their sexuality. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice right there, for sure. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about race relations. Uh, we really look forward to having you on our next episode with you, which is going to go deeper into the sexualization of uh, Black women and African-American women. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. Awesome. Thank you. Now we've covered some heavy content. 
And mental health is important no matter who you are or where you're at in life. So before rolling credits, there'll be mental health resources to call or text. On our next episode, we'll discuss race relations and the sexualization of Latinas in the U.S. with journalist Maria Jimenez Moya. Thank you for watching the Manila Rose podcast. And remember, it's not sexy, it's racist. Take care.